1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 26 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, from VA, and uh, I'm on, as always, with my mainest man, almost always, Willie Sailor, who's finally back home. And um, I said in our little notes here where I type things, I wish we had the rights to uh, Bob Seger's Turn the Page to play for Willie today, I think. I think that's a very telling song. Just on the road, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know where he is right now, and uh, just disoriented from all the travel. But he's back home, um, back to eating uh, regular foods and feeling better. Are you feeling good, Willie? Or how how, how are you holding up?
0: Uh, I, I, sure, I will be in a, in a day or two. Life on the road is tough, man. It's tough but, on the uh, You know, I do it. I I do it for the people. And the, the, groupies, the groupies aren't bad. Right, you
1: know? right. And that's a, that's a big part of Turn the Page as well. I just feel like you, you just embody Seeger's struggle there. So, um, in, anyways, anyways. <laughs> um, f- start with, um,
0: you know. Well, y- uh, all right. So. You go. First things first, <clears throat> you know, the long, long, crazy road trip. I think it was 21 days. Um, I was home for three. But then. Uh, and it's great wrestling you know great wrestling but you get exhausted especially when flow nationals ncaa is such a big project and then it was virginia beach and then flow nationals is our own event so so much planning and preparation goes into that so you get really exhausted and last night i got home and i thought i'd start tinkering around with rankings and uh we get a phone call that um Doyle Trout, a kid that's traveled to every tournament. It seems like he's been for, around forever since youth on up and, you know, ranked something like 10th in the country. Just had just seen him, talked to him at the at, uh, Flow Nationals where he placed again. He places in everything. Uh, placed the Ironman this year. Um, uh, he was in a car accident. And, uh, and I saw the picture, you know, before, before I even heard of any prognosis um i saw a picture of the car and you knew it had to be bad um mm. and so he's in the hospital i tweeted and a lot of people tweeted uh the pray for doyle and and um just I mean, he he's in surgery and uh you know he he's a kid that's going to wyoming uh he's gonna he's gonna uh, i mean he had a Scholarship has a scholarship to Wyoming. Um, and it it looks like, uh, he might lose a leg. Wow. Uh, Terrible, terrible situation, situation there. Tough, tough for him.
1: Very tough. Obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to Doyle and his family and and the people affected there. And it's just, you know, it doesn't get much sadder. Uh, you got a senior in high school, stud wrestler, by all accounts, a good kid, going to go wrestle at the next level. And, um, that's, that's in jeopardy now, and that's sad. So we just hope for a, a good resolution there. And, um, again, thoughts and prayers to Doyle and, and everyone surrounding that situation. Um, and tough to segue from there into anything uh, seamlessly, but let's try, Willie. Let's try to, um, you know, talk about what's been going on because there's been a lot going on. You just got back from Flow Nationals. I was out at Iowa. You were at Flow Nationals, so we are, we're we're very different places. But d- just talk, there seemed like, uh, so much went on there. The finals that I was able to watch, I watched maybe seven or eight of them. It it, it looked like a great show, uh, and the, the kids the, really mixed it up.
0: The level of wrestling was really high, man. I, I was I was super happy with um, the competition and the level of wrestling there. Uh, also, incredibly pleased with the diversity. Um, Thirteen different states represented in fourteen finals. So. Uh, we're getting talent from all over the country. Um, and the fight out of these kids, not just like the high-level wrestling, but also the, the, the fight. And, and when when the kids scrap like that, uh, you just know it's very important uh, to them. You, I, you, honestly, I don't see at the high school level uh, fight and determination like that, except for a couple times a year, maybe um, uh, Fargo in the blood, in the blood, in the, what used to be the round robins and now the semis and and um, I mean NCAAs is, is the complete embodiment of that. Right. Like, yeah, just scrapping, going for broke everything on the line and, and maybe to a little bit lesser degree. But you, you can see that in, uh, there at Flow Nationals. So it was awesome. Uh, there was nine kids that had formerly won um, um, Flow Nationals eight eight champs returning and pletcher who had won two years before and only two of them won wow um so that also goes to show how difficult it is to win and so uh, yeah I mean uh, you know and the level of wrestling was high and and then we had some premier premier finals and big-time stars
1: yeah and the the one I watched first the one that you know I was excited to see was the Yanni Giacomo Hollis Dayton Fix match and um, really it was, it, I was impressed with, because everyone knows Yanni can scramble for days, but I, I thought Dayton really represented himself well uh, as, as an excellent scrambler, able to counter off quite a few takedowns, hold out for stalemates when Yanni got in deep on a couple of occasions. I came away um, super impressed with Dayton in that regard. What were your thoughts on this match? Uh,
0: Well, I thought that, you know, Yanni's really long, yeah. and Dayton's really short. And, um, you know, Dayton, in the, in the match, in Super 32, Yanni would, Yanni would turn everything into his offense. So if Dayton was going to score, it had to be quick. It had to be clean. Um, Yanni probably took more shots in the match. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this time it was Dayton not turning Yanni's shots into his offense, but at least tying him up so he couldn't finish. Um, and then, and then Dayton pretty much saying, I, 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 "Man, did he man up or what?" Yeah, I mean that was a he gutsy gets, finish. He gets in on a single, and Yanni picks the far ankle like three times, and Dayton. Stays with that leg. He stays with that leg. He stays with that leg. He didn't bail on it. He didn't get scared, and, and ultimately finishes it. Yeah. I mean, that just took a lot of stones, man. Yeah, uh, that was just amazing. Now, if I, you know, looking back at it, um, one thing that I was, and I keep going back to, um, who's number one? But I, I just want there to be a real winner. You know, I, I know that it's unrealistic to think that you should turn off the clock uh, in any event, but uh, in most events. But I was really, like, just scared that that match was going to be determined by ride-outs. Yeah. Either way, you know, no matter who would win in ride-outs, I just feel like it's a little bit of a falseness, especially when there's no takedown in a match. Right. Um, so, you know, if, if each guy has a takedown or something like that, and then it goes to overtime— Okay, but if nobody has scored a takedown, I would just like to see one guy win based on a takedown. But um, I was scared it was going to go to that, but it didn't. Um, and I think if Yanni had to do over, so I, I give Yanni an edge on, on top. You know, I think if Yanni had to do over, he might make his t- uh, uh, try to ride uh, more of an emphasis considering there was riding time
1: yeah yeah you you would favor yanni there now yanni's committed to cornell dayton's got to be getting pursued what do you know about his um you know the suitors the guys that are there may on his list the teams he's he's potentially considering
0: um i'm i'm pretty uh in tight contact with um Derek, dayton's father and uh and he's of the opinion that it's uh it doesn't benefit him he, he's not one he's not a guy that wants to commit early mm. um you know he wants to see all the options wait wait until late in the process and I, not real late, but he's not gonna commit as a sophomore you right? Know? uh because the landscape changes in his own words, you know things change, and um what's really the benefit of of committing as a sophomore is is his point of view so um, they're looking at a number of schools obviously Oklahoma State being right there in the backyard and and they're close to um, the cowboy program but uh, they're also looking around at all the the usual suspects uh, maybe Penn State, Ohio State um, and some others thrown in there, Nebraska and Iowa Uh, so you gotta figure
1: it's gonna be tough to get him out of Oklahoma um right, it, as right. m- much of a pull as you know Kale and Coach Ryan have man that would be, it would be something for them to pull and pluck him out of Oklahoma uh, out mm-hmm. of John Smith's hands so that'll be interesting to to watch develop because he's um obviously proven he's going to be a he, he should be able to co- contend and and do well at the next level i think he's got all the goods and i love Yanni as well i think man he's a great fit at Cornell isn't he
0: oh great great and so they got him and they got they got Araju already, who won at Virginia Beach, but um, Yanni is going to be as competitive as anybody at the next level. And uh, I'm, I mean, he just has all the tools uh, and, and all the intangibles. Class act kid, mm-hmm. works hard, um, isn't reliant on one particular thing. Right. His his all around game is great, so it's not like if something uh, if something doesn't work for him in college um he's gonna struggle to have to adapt i mean he's as a sophomore in high school he is excellent at every position yeah it's hard to believe how young those two are um okay we said it we said it at um flow nationals like these kids doing things i mean and i'm talking about i'm talking about across the board i'm talking about you know not just the finalists but the kids who placed fifth and stuff we're watching this wrestling and we're like good god like the level of wrestling in high school is just crazy. Like, imagine what these kids are going to be in three, four, five years at the college level. Um, and, and even the youth tournament, we're like, man, they were, they're like, they know more stuff than we did when we were in high school. Like, they're, it's, it's amazing how the country, how good the country's getting so soon. Now, even, even uh, <laughs> last week when we put up those kids scrambling from oh, the man. Ohio tournament, I mean, those kids, they're like six years old, and they they already know what they're doing. Yeah, uh, that was
1: that was like a mind blowing match. How good both. Even the kid that lost, it kind of got away from him. The kid that lost, I was super impressed with that kid. I thought he was like doing some r- ridiculous stuff. I think they were both good, even to the point where I think I saw Dake and Nick Sulzer tweeting about it. They were they were impressed, and so it's not just us radio dorks that that thought it was amazing. I think they they got some respect from. pretty high level competitors themselves so yeah it's it's incredible how good these kids are at at such a young age and we're kind of seeing the the fruits of that at the high school level Uh, another big final and uh it was we were in a hotel like watching the flow nationals finals brackie and i and like we cut on the red pletcher match but our internet was terrible it was like cutting in and out and we just came in at um Right when Red locked up the near side cradle, took him over and pinned him, and then like it cut out like pretty much right after that. So we actually got to see it, and it was man. I mean, it was just like methodical. Like he had he had a plan. He executed it in a match where I went back and watched it. Luke Pletcher looked pretty dang good, right? You think you think Red had a plan? Oh, uh, I think he had a plan to to cradle him. I thought it looked pretty methodical, didn't you? Didn't you think he set that up?
0: Um. I mean, I think he might have been looking for it, but um, I don't know. I mean, there is a combination of, of Chad Red being long and Luke Pletcher being small. I thought. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, take nothing away from Chad Red. I mean, it, he looked for it; it was there. He was able to do it, but I mean, I thought that I thought that Pletcher the first two periods looked amazing. I just I mean, I thought he, I thought Pletcher completely out wrestled him. To be honest,
1: I don't. I mean, he was better on his feet, and Red was better on the mat. I thought – I just said that Pletcher looked good in in the first two periods. He got the takedown. He almost – he dang near had a second takedown. Um, Chad Red, very hard to take down, too. So, I think that says a lot Uh, about – says a lot about Pletcher, but, you
0: know. I mean, Red Red overcame something big in the semis. He kind of, like – I thought it was – there's a, so Caden Store, he's wrestling Caden's Store. Caden Store vastly, vastly underrated. Um, but there was kind of a really shaky call against Red, and 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 that pushed it to overtime. And Red didn't really bat an eye. Um, so good composure there by him in the semis, overcoming what, what pretty much everybody thought was a bad call and getting the win there. And then trailing Pletcher and still getting the win there. So you like to see that. Um, Grit, kind of. resolve, and grit, right?
1: Yeah. So, 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 your thoughts were that that Pletcher out
0: wrestled him. That's interesting. Um, well, and when I say when I say Pletcher out wrestled, I mean I'm not I'm not insinuating for one iota that Chad Red isn't amazing. I'm just saying in those four minutes, I thought um Pletcher was on his way to a win. Yeah. Oh no,
1: but 100. I agree. I agree with that completely. Now, two, both of these guys are unsigned too, right? Uncommitted, I should yeah,
0: say. Yeah, man, I said it in the, uh, in the beginning of the match, uh, in the beginning of the tournament, that in my opinion, they're, they're, they're the two most coveted guys in the country. Um, yeah. I love the talent of both of them. They've, both, they've been everywhere. They've, on any given day, they can beat anybody. And I, I think, you know, you can have your rankings. Um, but at any point in time, when, depending on what guys come off the board as far as committing, um, there's a list of who is the most coveted unsigned prospects right now, and I think it's Chad Red, Luke Pletcher, and they just so happened to meet in the finals.
1: Yep, same weight. So I, I have no idea where where either of these guys are going. You got to figure with Pletcher, Pitts in play, Penn State, kind of the usual suspects. Uh, out I think. There.
0: Uh, I think for Pletcher it's Pitt, Penn State. I think for Red it's. Um, Uh, Penn State Nebraska.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. Maybe Cale's just going to take them both. He just can't decide. Um, Yeah, that would be – they're both, I think, going to do well at the next level. Another kind of segueing Penn State uh, recruit, someone that is going to Penn State who has committed, Mason Manville, uh, loses Mm -hmm. again, and, you know, we say again like it happens a lot, but for, for Mason Manville losing, you know, he lost to Marinelli at Ironman, and then we haven't seen him, I don't think, much since then. And uh, then he shows up the Flow Nationals, and he and he takes a loss to Connor Flynn. So what? I mean, what does that say? I mean, he here's the thing with to catch you up to speed on Mason Manville and correct me if I'm wrong here. He leaves Blair Academy in the middle of the year. He goes to Minnesota to train Greco with Storm with Minnesota Storm, as I understand. So um, a part of this is like, well, is, isn't this somewhat expected to a degree when you're you know. You're defending guts and hitting gut wrenches. Now you got to wrestle and attack the legs. Isn't that you know? Aren't we going to
0: see a, a kind of a difficult transition? Well, um, I thought that Mason looked great at the tournament, and uh, I you know, since he's left Blair, there's been I don't know maybe some unfair, but and and under under the I don't know. Under the rug, kind of comments like you yeah, have to be concerned with Mason and, and what he, what, you know, the direction that he's taken. I think that's all a bunch of hogwash. I mean, look, the guy was up 3 1 with riding time with uh, <laughs> like a t- third, t- tw- 20, 28 seconds to go. Yeah. He gets taken down on a shot that, okay, yes, m- you don't see him give up a straight single often. And then uh, they go out of bounds. He's still gonna win, right? It's three-three. He has riding time. Uh, he's still gonna win. And then the guy the Flynn locks over top. And i will tell you right now, the back points were sketchy. It's At gonna best. be. Our, it's gonna be. It's gonna be our. You make the call this week. Um, and so, you know, he's gonna win the match. He's gonna win them. It's a goofy circumstance. So I don't know if you have to worry about where Mason Manville is and his, and his abilities or his direction. I, I think that's vastly overblown. So he's a junior now,
1: correct? So mm-hmm. what is? Do you have any indication? What's he doing next year? Is he just gonna train, at, at Storm and not compete, um, scholastically any longer?
0: I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know a hundred percent what is. What his schedule is looking like? Um, I'm sure he'll be competing. I don't know. It, you know the the way the system is right now. Where there's a lot of youngsters traveling overseas. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of youngsters training at the OTC and going on international trips and and uh, even working out with with the senior level guys. Um, I know. I mean, a guy like Nick Reenan is contemplating um, OTC. And i and frankly, I'd be surprised if he didn't go the OTC, uh, for next year. But, um, Mason Mambo will have plenty of opportunities to, to, um, to train, to train at a very high level. And, uh, I, I would be surprised probably if Mason didn't hit, uh, super 32 and, and, and flow nationals again next year. Um, and frankly, I'd love to have him at who's number one, uh, you know, so I'm sure he'll he'll mix in folk with his international style,
1: right? And it seems like he has a Greco focus, but he's a a cadet freestyle world champion. Is is Greco actually his better discipline?
0: Um, I think there's a shortage of guys who are really really good in right, them. and so and so. I don't I don't know this for a fact, but I would think that the the mindset for, for them is. Greco's the path. Greco's the path to the spot.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just more opportunity there when there's fewer elite guys. So, yep, that makes that, that makes total sense. So maybe that's what what he's doing. It'll be uh, the you know anytime you kind of go against the grain in your in your decisions and how you're gonna you know you don't just go to high school and wrestle in high school then go to college. If you do a little bit off the off the beaten path. You're you're gonna get criticism. And you're gonna get you know second guessing, and obviously Pico's had to deal with that a little bit. And um, so he he's gonna any little misstep is gonna be kind of probably blown out of proportion
0: to it. I think it's I think it's a lot of what Mason I, I think a lot of things people are are ve- very um, over analyzing everything that Mason does right now. Mason's still amazing. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. Yep. So
1: nothing to worry about if you're a Penn State fan, Mason Manville fan, whatever. Uh, he's going to be all right. Um, so we had a three timer. Um, the first three time Flow Nationals champion, correct? Sam Crevis. Yep. Who's taking his uh, talents to
0: Virginia? Yeah. Uh, Tyler Berger last year became the first four time Flow National All American, um, and then this year. Luke Pletcher and Sammy Crevis became the second and third four-time All-American. Uh Luke Pletcher with the ability, he plays as an eighth grader. Luke Pletcher with the ability to become a five-time All-American at uh, Flow Nationals next year. And Luke and Krievis both became the first three-time finalist, with uh Crevis becoming the first four-time or three-time champ. So you know, I said to I said to Sammy after after the match, I said, uh, after the finals, I said, Sammy, fantastic career. I said, I enjoyed watching you, and I, and, and I can't wait to see what you do at Virginia. I said, uh, you know, frankly, you've always been one of my favorites. And, and, he, and he said, yeah, I'm your favorite, but I'm ranked I'm rank sixth, right? <laughs> and I said, you know, he's just kidding. He's just busting right. my chops, you know. And uh, I said, you know what? I said, I love rankings. Uh, and I think they provided, you know, I, th- I think they're they're a good gauge, but who cares about rankings? I said, Sammy, uh, this applies to Luke Pletcher, too. Uh, you guys take a loss here and there, but on any given day, I mean, who's the best wrestler in the country at your weight? Um, He's in that conversation. You, you, you're in the conversation every day for four years. <laughs> yeah. So uh, rankings, uh, rankings at the top, anyway. You know, when you're talking about the first handful of kids, uh, it's based on what just happened recently. And not, not like, who is the best de facto wrestler in the country. Uh, it's just the most recent set of circumstances at the top. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: Um, all right, Flow Nationals, what else you want to get to? You want to get to... Uh, um...
0: Well, how about... Um, you know, Zeke Moisey kind of set West Virginia on fire there at NCAAs. And, and, uh, you know, you always have to go back to when Sammy was at this school, he did big things. And when Sammy was at that school, you can see a dramatic improvement in the guys he worked with. And now uh, with Zeke Moisey doing so well, you go, wow, Sammy's making a huge difference yet again. And the contingent. Of guys that are going to West Virginia made their mark at flow nationals and and there was a there was a lot of storylines at flow nationals um, weight changes talent riding time uh, different states represented how many um, guys that were guys that were making setting flow nationals history with the finalists appearance in the AAs. and one of the storylines was. Uh, the West Virgin the kids that are going to West Virginia, how well they were doing. Yeah, I um,
1: mean you got three champs. They had Flynn, who at NCA's, I'll, I'll you know I don't follow high school wrestling, but so closely, I I'd, I'd never heard of Connor Flynn. And Maribel was like we really like this Flynn kid because he wrestled in the border brawl thing, right? Mm-hmm. So and I was like, oh okay. And uh, hey, he beats Mason Manville and wins Flow Nationals. So. I can see why they like him. And then they got Austin Myers, the big guy, who wins Virginia Beach, then goes to Flow Nationals and wins that back-to-back weekends. That's kind of ridiculous, don't you think? And, um, of course, Keegan Moore, who uh, –
0: Keegan Moore looked amazing. Oh, he
1: looked incredible. I mean, he oh. that was a two-point match, but, I mean, he was he was a lot – I mean, I'm just going to say it. He was a lot better than Jaden Clayton. He right? looked amazing. Like he, he picked him apart. Um I, I was super impressed with him, and I think his style is going to translate excellently well with with Henson and the, kind of just the style they wrestle there. I think he's going to be a, a perfect fit. And, um,
0: yeah, and Keegan, Keegan wearing the – he was wearing a yellow West Virginia shirt all weekend, and, and when he won in the finals, he looked up. He knew exactly where Sammy Henson was. Sammy Henson was actually sitting in our booth, and uh, <laughs> Keegan Moore put up his hands in the shape of a w and showed it showed it up to uh uh, sammy and sammy get it get it right back so uh those guys are excited to go to west virginia three three champs three flow national champs headed to west virginia and zach moore who uh had a good showing as well
1: yeah so more more things continue to improve one thing to consider with west virginia is they've got all these guys going there next year do they do they redshirt zeke and all these guys and then throw them all out there, in, in two years, what do you? Th- I mean, wh- it's just speculation, but that seems like the way to go. Am I off uh, there? I don't.
0: I don't know if. I don't know if you do that because I mean, yeah, they they have a lot of talent coming in, but I mean, I don't think it's a situation where they're gonna. Where they're, they, have enough right now to compete for a team title. Do you? I mean, no. Not, right. So. I would keep the ball rolling. Always have a big presence. I mean, have as as much of a presence at NCAAs as you can to say to attract more and more talent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. True. True. I.
0: I. I. I wouldn't be surprised if it was something they
1: consider. I don't know. I mean, they've got someone like Devin Brown coming in. Brown could maybe wrestle. Yeah. Um, sure.
0: I mean, maybe you do. I mean, maybe you redshirt Zeke. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just some throwing it out
1: there. See what they do. They've got. Um, they're gonna be young and, and talented next year, but um, or maybe they go. Maybe Sammy's like, "Hey, we can do this with true freshmen." Let's.
0: Uh, speaking of West Virginia, there I heard a crazy. Uh, I don't know if it's a rumor. You, you know, you never know if it's a rumor until th- it proves to be true or false. But we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. The um, one thing we're gonna wrap up wrap up the Flow Nationals talk. Um, you kind of—I <laughs> was gonna say—you kind of started a, a a firestorm discussion on Twitter, but you really didn't because <laughs> all you tweeted, all you tweeted was, "Man, I really like how fired up Dayton Fix gets, and and Dayton and Fix, you know, Dayton Fix when things in the middle of a match get really hot and heavy, and he's feeling it, he'll slap his hands and he'll he'll Bounce. give a woo, you know, he'll give a Ric Flair and and uh, bounce around, and it's pretty cool to watch because he's just having fun out there, and you know he's having fun. But you tweeted about it, and then that somehow uh, (laughs) permutated into um, the fight shorts uniform discussion.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I just sent a tweet about how I like watching Dayton Fix and how excited he gets, and someone tweets, yeah, I love the look of the shorts and and rash guard, and I was like, yeah, I was skeptical, but... After seeing it at Who's Number One and seeing it at Flow Nationals, I, I I like it. I like the look, and it turned into this this huge conversation with Chris Pendleton, Jamil Kelly, Nate Brown, um, Mark Hall, Keyshawn. You know, a lot of these guys throwing it. So it's a bunch of hammers talking about it and me. So it's like, what do I know? But I was just saying, I think it's I think it's good. I think it's something to consider. I don't know if it's you know this something we have to uniformly switch to across the board and just kill the singlet. I like the singlet, okay? I have no issue with the singlet. I like the look of it. Um, if it were in a vacuum in a perfect world, let's keep the singlet. But if there's an impediment to some progress and and something that is a barrier from getting as many kids out as possible, then then let's consider making an adjustment. And I think we've seen um, this is something that could certainly work at the youth middle school level i mean we've we've seen no issues with it at, at a high level tournament, and it's an extremely small sample size um but you know i don't I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Jamil Kelly brought up uh what is probably what is potentially a good point that you know guys are going to be able to grab the shorts, but I mean grabbing the uniform is something that we've seen in In singlets. singlets all the time. I watched Dennis Sargush win a world championship pulling a dude's singlet over his head, so uh, I don't uh, I don't get where this isn't happening at all. Yeah, I, and you know what? It, for me to say that, you know, I'm not—I uh, haven't been in those situations. I haven't been in in a high-level wrestling match like this. So, in a way, I do need to defer. But at the same time, I was like, let's not om- just look at the worst-case scenario. You can't live your life finding the absolute worst-case scenario for any idea and saying, well, that's why we shouldn't do it.
0: Well, I, first of all uh well I, let me t- say my particular stance when when this was first proposed uh i was on suicide watch like <laughs> uh, uh martin insisted cuz you know for flo- for who's number 1 I'm, I'm i'm pretty much in control of everything right like like as far as the event itself goes and 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 who we bring there and you know those kind of things uh I pr- I pretty much take care of all that but then Martin was like we're got we're they're wearing fight shorts and compression tops and I'm like no they're not oh no they're not and he's like oh yes they are and well we <laughs> there was long drawn out discussions and arguments and fights and and he's like willie I, he's like you know the look of the singlet deters Participation at the youth level. And I'm like, but I'm like, how? And he's like, because kids are self conscious. And it's a, it's a, to, to, to not, to people outside the sport, it's a weird thing. You know? Yeah. Uh, nobody walks around in life wearing a singlet. And when you're out there on a mat, it's, it's different. It's a different thing. And, you know, I'm like, well, if you're if you're self-conscious because you're wearing a singlet and you're self-conscious about your body, you ain't tough enough to wrestle anyway. So you might as well not even participate. And and he's like that's your perspective. You know, he's like that's I you know, I'm like where I come from, you know, a singlet is the way every kid that's 5 years old wears a singlet and that's it and they move on with their life, and it's no big deal. And he's like, yeah, that's in District 11, in the heart of wrestling country, and everybody and their sister has seen it, right? But it's a deterrent in a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, it, you, you're you out there, and you look weird, and, and look, and, and look, that's different. So um, what's the harm in trying something new, and what's the harm in um, – I mean, there's a benefit to looking cool. There, there, there just is. Uh, if you can, if you can change something from "look, that's weird, that's a spectacle" to "look, that looks pretty freaking cool," why not? Yeah, I mean,
1: right. I I agree completely. And it's not as though we're changing this in anything about the sport or or impacting you know how the how the sport is wrestled. It's it's a it's a small, small adjustment, and you know, is it at the is it alienating at the youth level? Yes, but I, I'm here to tell you, and Willie, this is kind of just contrasting the cultures we grew up in, right? So you're in, from wrestling country. Wrestling is nothing where I live in Virginia. So these guys, I, I can't tell you how many kids, football players, have told me, you know, wow, yeah, no, nah, two guys rolling around in spandex? I don't think so. Um, they, they don't. There's, and. Some of that's bravado. Some of that is – the kids are self-conscious in high school, okay? Body image is is, a, is an issue for these high school kids, bigger kids, small kids. It doesn't matter. And to have your I – mean, let's just say it, your freaking bulge out there for all the world to see, that's, that's different, man. That's something that from an outside perspective, which when I'm recruiting and asking these kids to wrestle, a sport they know nothing about, and it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to be wearing this um, – I can get it because for me, I love the sport, but for them, they don't know the beauty of it.
0: Like I said, you you know, you're turning something into a, oh, that's different. That's weird. I don't know if I can get on board with that to looking cool. Uh, You're also turning it into there's two guys rolling around in in spandex to um, look. Those guys are fighting like like they're wearing the same uniform. They're wearing reminiscent uniforms of what has become incredibly popular. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't want to say go into this manly bravado thing, but it turns it into a weird thing to these guys are fighting, this masculinity thing.
1: Yeah, I, right? and I think, and I get your initial reaction, but I think that's such like a a Neanderthal perspective. Oh, they're not men. They're not tough if you can't wrestle. It's it's like we've got to look outside of our. That, that's the main thing in all of this, and it's, it's no, no, something. Okay. It's something I had to come to. You got to look beyond yourself and and, and look at the other factors and not just Understood. think.
0: Understood, but it's positioning. It's positioning, man. Like if you, you know, UFC has become incredibly popular. MMA has become incredibly popular, and um, those dudes are like. You know, you look at the guys in the cage, and you're like, those dudes are warriors. They're beasts. They're incredibly tough and bold and brave. And if you're putting rest, if you're changing their uniform from something um, that's that's stigmatizing to something that's reminiscent of of toughness, now you're changing perception. Right. Isn't that not a good thing? Hey, no, it's totally a good thing. And uh, one thing, a couple of you said,
1: don't we have bigger problems in wrestling? Don't we have, well, sure. I mean, are we, is our imagination so small that we can only fix or adjust one thing at a time? It's like, right. yeah, there's one, there's many problems with the rules, there's many problems with, with a lot of things. This is one. This is right. one of
0: many. And no one and, and I'll tell you what, and I'll tell you what it's one thing that it's one thing that if flow wrestling can't control everything. Like, we're not in charge of everything. We're not in charge. We can't change rules. But you know what we can do? We can do what we can do. We can, if we have the opportunity to institute some sort of change that we think is going to be beneficial, we should, we can do that, right? Like, if we, if we can do something beneficial at Who's Number One, if we can do something beneficial at Flow Nationals, then that's something we can control.
1: Yeah. And uh, credit credit Martin for having some foresight. Something I guess he's he's uh, has a track record for doing. I think it I think it's good. I didn't like it at first. Um, you know the the competitors. Um, now, it was it was a mixed review. You know, Mark Hall actually said you know he liked it, and uh, you know Keyshawn Hayes didn't didn't prefer it. And that's you know it's okay. It's I get that they're not all going to prefer it, but I think there's a, a, there's a place for fight shorts and compression shirts. And even if it's not in the Olympics or NCAA level, there's a place for it.
0: Well, let me say this. Well, first of all, I think it's going to be very, very interesting when United World Wrestling unveils what the – I mean, because th- it, people, some people like think that we're doing this in a vacuum – um, like we're we're the only ones that are doing it. Like, why at Flow events are you enforcing this? Well, it's coming, guys. You, uh, United World Wrestling, wrestling at the highest level, is going to institute change in, in in what the standard uniform is. And whether that whether we have been in line with what's coming, I I don't know. I don't know exactly what's coming. So it, it'll be a very interesting thing when United World Wrestling finally comes out with what they're uniform policy is and it's it sorry and, and it's interesting that um
1: you know singlet it's all, all this like traditionalist thing and like oh the singlet someone said the singlet is the uniform of warriors which what a joke that is no it's not the, <laughs> military people wear the uniform of warriors wrestlers are wrestlers so i thought that was a stupid statement but anyways the the traditional thing like this has always been god didn't ordain the singlet to be the uniform of wrestling from the beginning of time till now um, so let's not pretend this is what has always been worn in wrestling no it's all you've seen but that doesn't mean it's the entire that entire history of the sport they've been wearing a singlet because that's categorically false so don't, don't pretend this is the way the sport has always been done and this is a, an integral part of what makes wrestling wrestling because it is a, a very ancillary part of,
0: of the sport am I wrong there I mean you can look at you can look at well for, from a from a level of, of, of just um, you know being being what it is at like a level of theory right anything anything that's change um, you take you take for granted that this should be this right I yeah. say wrestlers wear singlets well right we we drink coffee in the United States and people in England drink tea like, there's no there's no universal truth, right? In anything, um, but. But y- you looking, lo- you, you look at you look at wrestling leagues around the world, and they wear different stuff. People in Mongolia wear different things to wrestle in, and and there's oil wrestling in, I don't know, Iran or something like, or India or whatever. I mean, there's different things. So the singlet is not a universal given. Yeah, so it's, it's again, people not looking
1: beyond themselves and their own preferences and experiences and not seeing the world as a bigger place as it pertains to wrestling and otherwise. So look beyond yourself for a second, and you might find um, that you're not actually saying things that are true. Um,
0: we good on no, the single— I will, Go. I will say this. If it was up to me, if they said, Willie, okay, you're going out to compete, and you have uh, X number of options— I would, I don't. The, the fight shorts to me are too baggy, and if they're gonna go with fight shorts, and they being us, I guess, or, or UWW or whoever, uh, the I think the fight shorts that we had in Flow Nationals were a little baggy. Um, i like to see them tighter. Um, and yeah. if it was, if it was up to me. I would wear ones that were tighter. And but, my uniform of choice would be compression. Tops and bottoms. I would wear compression bottoms. I just feel more comfortable in them.
1: Well, I, I think that doesn't eliminate the, the bulge problem.
0: I think, I, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I, it's, still, it's still more fashionable um, than a singlet. And, like, uh, in the UFC, there's a lot of guys that wear no shirt and compression shorts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know that. Um Uh, My thing is, yeah, the shorts do look baggy, but um, I've got plenty of shorts that are way tighter than those that aren't compression. Like, there's a middle ground that can be struck that's not going to be... Those look like dang, uh, almost swimming trunks, right? So let's tighten them up, and Mm -hmm. uh, we've got tight shorts, but not necessarily compression shorts, and there is a difference. Um, Mm So, But yeah, I I get your personal preference, and I I think that would be an improvement, albeit it, it might not fix the main route of the problem of, hey, it's two guys in spandex rolling around. But, um, hey, you said we would talk five minutes on that, and we made it like 15 or 20. So um, we went for a little while there. So do you want to get to the, the coaching carousel?
0: Yeah, I mean, every, uh, every year about this time, right after NCAAs, you start seeing coaches on the move, um, coaches leaving programs, coaches added to programs. Uh, rumors about what coaches are moving around. We've we've had uh, – t- to this point, we've only had one confirmed that, that I know of, right? J- yeah. Jay Borshall Jay leaves Northwestern. Um, uh, just talk about that, first of all.
1: Yeah, um, I was pretty surprised because you actually told me before – I think it was official, official. Um, I was like, this doesn't make sense, man. It's like – and you don't – there's so many potential reasons, you know, I – I think he's going back to Iowa. Maybe he just wanted to go home. But uh, the, the impressions I always got is that, you know, things were good there and that, you know, uh, th- he seemed to enjoy it. He and Perriano seemed to have a good relationship, but I, I, uh, and they probably do. But, you know, you, you look for reasons why, why you leave a job, and, and there's different things that come to your mind. But um, I think that's a pretty big loss for Northwestern, but, of course, they're going to have the opportunity to, to, um, to replace him. But it's it's still, you know, you got Johnny Sebastian there. I'm sure he's disappointed as that was probably someone he trained with on a regular basis. You know, I'm sure he rolled around with Brill and Harger. Yeah, and, you know, both. they've got Nick Renan coming in. I think Nick Renan and Jay Borchel is like uh, almost a match made in heaven.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Right? Uh, like, that'd be, that'd so, be amazing. So uh, I they got to be disappointed if you're I Northwestern.
0: Thought, I thought Jaybo, personality-wise, style-wise, uh, Geography. I think I thought Jaybo fit in well um, inside the Northwestern dynamics. Uh, I thought he was a perfect fit and a a perfect fit with the guys that were on the team. And I don't think that he left for any other reason um, other than just wanting to be home.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's probably. I mean, that is probably it. So my speculation. You know, you just look for reason. Maybe he doesn't want to be be in coaching anymore. We'll see. Um I hope he stays around coaching just because
0: I, I think I think he is. I, I mean the word is that he's going to start a club or something like that. Okay. I would like to see him I would like to see him as an assistant coach somewhere.
1: Yeah. I you um, se- I selfishly like to see these guys at I, D, just think, D1, I just you know?
0: think he offers a wealth of knowledge. I, I think he's a, good, a very good coach. Um and I'd like to see him at the college level, but that's just me. I mean people have and Jaybo has his own destiny to fulfill maybe it, it is in a, in a club, but um, so that inevitably leaves the question um, what about all this talent that's going to Northwestern, this, particularly in the middleweights with Brill and Sebastian who are already there, Renan uh, who's coming in in a year or two. Um, now it, it might be considered a blow for Northwestern, but I know that there's things in the work for them works for them. I know that they're not going be there's not going to be any shortage of uh, guys that are interested in the job, very, very high level guys.
1: It's a good job. Well, you, oh, so you got, so, all right, you're, you're going to tease that. You you didn't even give me the inside scoop here. What? Can well, you, I can, don't want to. You can't drop okay, a name? So let, me, let me tell you that What does his name rhyme with?
0: Let, let um, <laughs> I'll get to that in a second, but let me preface it with the fat, with the, with the, uh, statement that it, it is conjecture, right? I don't want to, I don't want to say who, um, I don't want to say if these guys have put in for the job. I don't want to say if they're being considered for the job um, because it's not, it's not wholly factual. It's, it's, it's conjecture and speculation and rumor and innuendo. So uh, the two guys that right now uh, I hear are in consideration for the job, um, and uh, there's sure to be more to come because it's a relatively new development but uh, Nick Heflin and Mike Poeta.
1: Okay. Wow. Yeah, definitely two great options there. Yeah. Wow, well, Poeta, I'd like to see him. Uh, I think he brings a lot but you know, Heflin Heflin would be good with the with the upper weights too. He could kind of he could go with the 74s all the way up to, you know, 97
0: so Oh, they um, had the I mean, Northwestern has a number one heavyweight in the country coming in and Zach Chiconis. Really? Yes. I literally don't know anything about that kid. Yes, he's very good. Apparently,
1: number one. Okay, um, um. um so and uh, is it is it a no. little? I'm trying to think back to last year, um, in the coaching move. Didn't we have a bunch of changes by this time last or is that just in my mind?
0: We had a, a huge. Was it was it last year or the year before that? It seemed like there was an explosion of coaching changes right after NCAA's. I don't know if it. I don't remember
1: when it happened. I just remember you know. West Virginia and Arizona State and Purdue were the three oh, uh, yeah. big ones. But I don't – for all I know, it happened in June. I have no idea. But I feel like it happened um, earlier.
0: Yeah, it, it feels like it happened right after.
1: Correct, correct. So um, who who knows how that's going to go. I I remember Zeke Jones had the job at Cadet and University um, Trials in Akron. I remember that specifically. Yes, yes. So So Zeke. when – so whenever See, that was
0: to Arizona State before Akron, so it had to be relatively soon. Yeah, so it was about this time. So probably in the next
1: couple of weeks, we're gonna have some, uh, have some changes. You gotta, I mean, there's no way every D1 coach is gonna stay, right? Like, there's I mean, gonna... it's
0: kind of fun, right? Every sport has their hot stove league, uh, hot stove time of year where, um, uh, coaches or athletes are are changing schools and. Uh, um, there's coaching change um, rumors going around. I mean, there was. So it's exciting as, as a journalist and, and probably as a fan as well. And there was rumors of you know Kevin Jackson would be on the move, but he re-upped. There's the annual speculation on what uh, Tom Minkle is doing and and if there is a chance that. They get a new coach and can inject some bl- uh, some life into what's been a really stagnant program at Michigan State and, and a program that has uh, wealth of opportunity and and, and growth there. Well, but both of those guys apparently um, got uh, contract extensions. Um, there was there was rumor that Mark Perry might be on the move, um, but all that seems to be that seems to be doused. Um, But there is one other that's, like, I heard this weekend that is huge. What? I heard uh, that Tony Ramos was going somewhere. Stop. Tony Ramos. Wrap your brain around this. No. Tony Ramos to West Virginia. No. Why
1: not? Well, why not? Um, well, first, let me say I have no idea.
0: Let what, me th- I, let me say when, for, when, when the person the person told me this matter of factly, the the, the per, uh, I was talking to a guy, and he said, uh, "Man, Moisey really did great this year." I said, "Yeah," I said, "That's my boy, Zeke Moisey. I uh, love that kid." And he's like, "Man, just think how much better he's gonna get with Tony Ramos in the room." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, yeah tony tony's gonna go uh train at West Virginia wow. and I said, hey, this, get out of here I mean yeah yeah, us guys at flow, we hear different rumors all the time, and sometimes we're like, yeah, yeah, okay, buddy, you know, and uh that was sort of my first reaction, but i'm like it doesn't it doesn't quite make much sense. They have Danny Felix there is do- uh, obviously doing a great job, Sammy the bull who's um Legendary in his development of lightweights. Um, well, so it, another. The, the question uh, an, an, is an,
1: is he going to just be there paid to train full time, which is a possibility? Well,
0: and, and another lightweight body doesn't quite make much sense at West Virginia, right? Um, it does if it's Tony Ramos. The guy's on the right, freaking listing. It, it does if it's a training situation. Now, follow the breadcrumbs. I mean, this is this is where it's kind of coming from. Art Martori is on record saying that he is going to inject money into Sunkist programs, and that's two programs. That is Arizona State and West Virginia. Mm. And, you know, for a long time, for a long time, Sunkist, uh, you know, it started, evolved at Arizona State, but um, there was also this period of time where he would support and fund Guys to train um, wherever they might be. You know, you might be at a, you might be at a, I don't know Nebraska or or Boise State, and you might be a Sunkissed athlete. But he has made the comments that now with Sammy Henson and, and Zeke Jones in place, Sunkissed sponsored athletes are going to be only at a training at Arizona State and West Virginia, so that. Uh, his money is going to support the programs that he believes in, right? So, wow. Think about think about that now. Now it's start. Now Tony Ramos to West Virginia is starting to make a little bit more sense, right? So Tony Ramos, uh, West Virginia would have um, senior level athletes that are paid to train in Tony Ramos, Nick Maribel, and Don Bradley. Mm. One uh, lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight. So now it makes sense, don't it? It that makes sense it, it, uh, believe me it makes sense for West Virginia
1: I mean duh, I mean, duh yeah you get Tony Ramos in your room that's what you want to do Tony leaving is what surprises me someone that you know I interviewed him this summer and I asked him man what does this say you know Iowa has a guy on the junior cadet or, or wait the junior university and senior world team with Gilman McDonough and Ramos and he says you know if it means this is the best you know room in the if you're a lightweight and you don't want to come here there's something wrong with you um right. so it's kind of like well he feels this way about Iowa he says you know this is where this is where you have to be if you're an Iowa wrestler he's met his goal i mean no he hasn't met his goals cuz he wants to win world championship but you know he made the world team so you've got to figure that that's what makes me skeptical do you mess with what is you know become it, probably in many ways his home um, he's met his wife there. He's gotten married there. Uh, they're going to have a kid if they don't already have one. I mean, they, you know, he's kind of really built a life for himself in Iowa, and he's having success there, and maybe he needs a change of scenery a la, you know, Ed Ruth and Jordan Oliver, and maybe the the money that Art Martori is putting out there is just dwarfing um, what the Hawkeye Wrestling Club or what his sponsors can provide him in Iowa, and that's that would be the only Reasoning I can see is if it's just it's a financial offer that you know it it would be silly for Tony to pass up because I
0: feel like from uh, a... I will say a hundred percent and you know the the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Tom and and the Brands Brothers are notorious for um engendering loyalty you know when when you go to Iowa those guys stay in Iowa in fact I talked to Ryan Morningstar a couple weeks ago and I said. I said, Ryan, uh, just to, there's, there's a bunch of opportunities open up to train around the country. And, um, uh, you know, if you have any guys, any seniors that want to go different places or are looking for an opportunity, let me know, and I'll try to, I'll try to you know, put you guys in touch with, with the opportunities that I know about. And he's like, he's like, yeah, most of our guys are staying here, and, and most Iowa guys um, stay there. Yeah, because because there's such a loyalty, there's such a fraternity um, and there's such a familial um, type thing going on in Iowa. And so, yeah, it would be weird, uh, uh, would be odd to see Tony Ramos go because, you know, that he has such um, confidence in the Brands brothers to take him where he wants to be. That being said, Danny Felix and, and Sammy Henson will get him places, too. I mean, yeah. those dudes are
1: good. Uh, I don't doubt that one on Iota that that Sammy and Danny and company can can get him to 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 reach his goals as well. Um, just color me 100% skeptical on this. Not doubting you, Willie, or your source or, or anything. Um, but but I'm taking a wait and see approach. And uh,
0: right. But uh, man, uh, again, I but again, hey, I mean not, people don't uh, just pull things out. And I mean this is not this is not. Um, I'm not. Saying that Tony Ramos unequivocally, absolutely positively is going to West Virginia. I'm saying this is something I heard by a guy that. He's uh, going to know. I, I, I'm saying that this guy is like boys. Like, you know how you put your two fingers up and, and, and you wrap them together and, and they're really tight? Uh, this guy is tight with Izzy.
1: Yeah. Well, that so follow those breadcrumbs there,
0: T Ram. Um, so um, that's what I'm hearing. Whether it proves to be true or false, I don't know. I'm just putting it out there that that's what I heard. Um, and you know, we're we're coming short on time again. We we wanted to get into the WWC Big Twelve merger. We wanted to get into a little uh, U.S. Open stuff um, and senior level stuff, but maybe we'll wrap it up do you know any we'll get to those topics on wednesday it's going to be wednesday this week because christian is taking a very <laughs> much very much needed vacation um but uh maybe we'll wrap it up christian is there any 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 coaching moves that you might see that might be warranted or 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 interesting
1: sure well warranted i, I mean th- there's a few um and, and I got to talk to a coach, uh, I'm going to keep his name out of it, at, at Iowa when I was there uh, about this, and just uh, I expressed my frustrations, and he kind of echoed, well, how does Tom Minkle ha- have a job? Um, how is he still getting re-upped, and what? But but not that. Obviously, he's not going to leave a Big Ten coaching job. Why doesn't the administration want to win? Like, you can win, you can win at Michigan State. You could just... Be done with Minkle bring in there are so many and and I believe this and this coach reinforces there and are so it, many if coaches you,
0: uh, if you if you got rid of Minkle and introduced a semi big name uh Michigan State would like their fan base and interest in the program would just bloom yeah i mean
1: all it takes it was, is is someone mo- motivated to win and someone with uh a, a, you know a young guy with fire and it's like um, this coach said to me it 's like well these, these administrations they 're just happy with you know he doesn 't right. break it he doesn 't well, break I mean, any we, rules he doesn 't break any rules. he
0: graduates his guys. Yeah, I guess that, his that guys don 't get arrested, so that should be baseline expectations but I mean we could spend an, we could spend an hour talking about how terrible minkle is and and you know who could possibly replace him and what the problems are there and everything else but i 'm saying like i 'm asking you what coaches all right for instance, Mike Evans and Mitchell Port are looking to get into coaching oh. um maybe maybe that's a question for you what other what other graduating seniors do you think would would you like to see coach
1: well it's it's tough because do you want to see him you know compete at the next level you want to see like mitchell port you know he could wrestle freestyle evans no probably, the answer to that is no he's not gonna wrestle freestyle. i think he'd be a great coach because he is such a his mentality always impressed me um his interviews after defeats. I just feel like he's got the such a good head on his shoulders, such an even keel guy, blue collar hard worker. I think he's gonna do well. Um, so yeah, I'd love to see Mitchell Port, and I think he'd be a great fit and a great hire at, at a number of programs. We ran out of time, Willie. Um, we thought we were gonna run short of stuff, and then it turns out, you know, we 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 made it happen again. We had plenty and more to go on. So we'll we'll be back on uh, Wednesday and uh nine o'clock same time we appreciate you guys tuning in uh willie thanks a lot man and we'll we'll
0: talk later on
1: yeah wednesday 100 percent 9 a.m central and um we will see you guys next time thanks a lot